Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Amanda Butler. How are you, Amanda? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's my absolute pleasure. I love talking everything entrepreneurs, so I feel like I'm in the right spot. Oh, that is awesome. To always, to begin with, can you kind of introduce yourself and exactly uh, what you do, and then we'll take it from there? Sure. I'm a Louisiana lawyer. I started my own law firm about five years ago after working in big law for 10 years and have been on the entrepreneurial ride myself, advising clients on all types of business matters and helping them grow as I grow along with them. And it's been a real pleasure. So everything related to your legal compliance, um, including HR matters, contracts, tax issues, structuring your entity properly, an operating agreement, which is always kind of everybody's biggest weakness, unfortunately, and everything else related to legal compliance is what I advise clients on, whether it's at the startup phase or while they're growing or even when they're in the mature um, phase of their business. Well, glad to have you here because that's excellent. You know, I'm glad that you went into the entrepreneur world because it's super exciting and um, we want more and more of you to join us. So this is great. Um, <clears throat> do you miss the corporate side though? You know, I think I miss uh, maybe the banality of the corporate side every once in a while. Uh, it's pretty easy to wake up every day and work for a bank. They definitely have their act together. They are doing things mostly by the book. Uh, so there's not a lot of uh, crazy roller coaster rides that I have with my entrepreneur clients that I have today. So definitely the, the everyday um, humdrum is sometimes missing. But I will say, yeah. I just don't think I'm the type of personality that can, that can suffer through that for too long. Yeah, it's true. I was in the corporate world as well, and um, I don't miss it uh, per se in, in that sense. But I guess I miss just the, the, the people, um, you know, that, that I would be around. Like in the morning, we would go for coffee, right, a whole bunch of us. And then and then uh, uh, just after an hour or so, we'll meet again and then at lunch and build some uh, incredible relationship because it's like a family, right? You start becoming like a family. It's so true. And, I, I do think that the yeah. one issue with kind of blazing your own path is it gets a little lonely. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's why I've started building my own team. I, yes. I thought, you know, let's build a team that I am excited to work with every day who I get to really customize yes. and, and choose myself. So I'm on that path right now myself. And certainly before that, I think, you know, it's a little lonely sometimes when you're when you're yeah. forging that path. Yes, it's true. And then, you know, especially the tendency to kind of the team that you develop from in my world is is most of them are virtual 
right? Like it's everybody still you meet and you talk and you build relationship, but it's just not that human to human face to face kind of, uh, at least in my world, but it's not, uh, so it's different, right? We um, do. So I do half like, and half. Yeah. So I have some, some yeah. all virtual, uh, employees. And then yeah. I try to make, make an office as well. So, cause I know that every person likes to work a little bit differently. And I think yeah. if you let them work in the manner that they want to work, sometimes they bring you, you know, their best. And if you oh. create a construct that, that kind of inhibits their, their flexibility, you, you can end up um, really not getting the best people, I think. Mm, yeah, and, and keeping it a little laid back, right, and giving some more options. Um, they do, you know, people perform much better when they're happier, right? And and mindset is a big part of it. So do you have something about mindset with them that you do um, on a daily or consistent basis uh, to get them to produce and be happy and and be more involved as a team? Or you're just, or when you hire them, you have like a checklist to see, you know, in, in your interview to see if they're a good match. You know, I've tried all different things. I don't know if I've gotten the answer or, or configured the exact right way to do it. I do know that checking in with the team at the very start of the day is really important mm-hmm. regardless of if they're in the office or if they're out of the office. So we do a stand-up about 15 to 20 minutes. I try to make it so that it's not a meeting just for meeting's sake. So we do focus on things other than just work, though, in that stand-up where, for instance, on Wednesdays, we have a Wellness Wednesday, and we use that time to hold each other accountable for things that we need to get done on a personal level or things that... um, you know, time that we need to do to go to the doctor or to, you know, check in with family, things that sometimes get lost in the shuffle in the nine to five. So I do a mm-hmm. wellness Wednesday. We do a transactional Tuesday where we're focused really on transactions. Cool. And I like the, the terminologies. Yeah. Sorry. And so we kind of craft our week with um, different themes throughout the day. We have fun Friday. Um, nice. And it's just, an ode to trying to get the team all on the same in the same mindset for the day to understand Good. that look we all we all need to knock out various projects and various tasks let's meet let's figure out what those things are and then let's talk about you know those other things that sometimes we don't necessarily get to during the workday but we we need to mhm and when when a business works with a virtual virtual staff, right? In your expertise, is it important to have an independent um, agreement, independent independent contractor agreement when you're working with platforms like Upwork and these other platforms? Do you do you do you suggest or recommend that every business, whoever they work with, get gets one of those signed? Um, and, and what do you, what do you feel? What are your thoughts on that? Well, so let me just tell you, this is the number one biggest problem that I'm seeing with clients all across the board. And the issue is Mm -hmm. not about getting an agreement and having the agreement signed. The issue Mm -hmm. is about classifying somebody as an independent contractor versus an employee. So oftentimes we, 
lump all remote workers into the category of independent contractor under the assumption that because they are remote, we don't have as much control over them, therefore they must be Mm -hmm. independent contractors. And that's simply not the test to determine whether an employee is, whether somebody is an employee or an independent contractor. The test relates to three things, financial control, schedule control, and or working conditions control, and um, whether that person has the ability to work for other people as well. And if any Mm -hmm. one of those three elements um, is a yes, you are probably working with an employee and not working with an independent contractor. Regardless of whether or not you have a contract that says that that person is an independent contractor does not matter. It does not make it so. And so the issue here is not, do you have a contract with your person or do you not have a contract? It's first of all, we have to decide and you need to get legal advice on whether that person is or is not an independent contractor. Now, regardless if they are an independent contractor or if they're an employee, you need to have a contract with them that outlines the roles and the duties and the responsibilities. And it can be simple. Um, But it should be an at-will agreement, meaning that you are able to terminate the relationship at any time and for any reason. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one of the biggest issues that I'm seeing just across the board because so many of us are working, you know, remotely and there's more flexibility. And it's everybody's instinct to want to pay somebody as an independent contractor because, first of all, it's a lot easier, right? You don't have to run payroll. So you think, oh, this is great. You know, I just have to pay this person however many, you know, whatever the hourly rate is for however many hours. Well, let me just tell you, you can get into a world of hurt. Um, And I'm talking serious, serious tax issues because essentially by avoiding paying them as a W-2 employee when they were, you're subjecting yourself to IRS issues, to the, the Department of Revenue of whatever state you're located in. And you haven't been withholding the proper tax on that employee. You also haven't been um, insuring them on your workers' compensation policy. So if they end up with carpal tunnel, if they end up with some sort of disability as a result of the work that they're doing, you're not covered. Your insurance is not covering them Mm -hmm. because you've improperly classified them as as an independent contractor. So lots and lots of issues here. So if an individual starts a freelancer, for example, starts his own or her own business, signs up for one of these platforms, has multiple clients, does work, isn't that a contract base? Isn't that an independent contractor because they're Somebody who works for multiple people, that is certainly on the par of being a freelancer, a true freelancer. But oftentimes- Okay, got it. What, what you'll notice is somebody might start off as a freelancer where they are working for multiple people. And what happens? And then full time. They gravitate mm. to the person who is giving them the most work and they really start yes. working for them for 40 hours a week to the exclusion. That's full time. And that's a full time job. Yes. And, and no, when I we agree. get to yeah. that place, we need to make sure that we actually are, are putting them on payroll. Yes. No, that, that's so clear now. Yeah. That's, that's a great suggestion. If anybody's listening in the audience, get in touch with Amanda here. She knows her stuff. And this is, this is 
very important information that we don't realize because we're always pushing for leads and we're pushing for growth and we're doing all this and we never look at this the back end the legal side the you know your which like i would call it like the 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 surrounding basically the wall that surrounds your business it needs to be protected and that's taking those actions that you're protecting yourself and the people you work with, right? And such a small thing. Someone could start with five hours a week and all of a sudden they keep increasing because their quality of work is phenomenal. And they start going 40, 40 hours a week and they're full time. Technically, they're full time now. You haven't done the legal work for it. That's not good. And what happens if really they start working 45 hours a week and now we're still oh, only paying, paying them hourly? Right. And, and we haven't yeah, properly yeah. classified them as an employee instead of an independent contractor. The, the law is very clear. They are due not only the, the difference in, in the amount of time, but now they're due double. And all of the attorney's fees for that person to file an FLSA claim, FLSA standing for the Fair Labor <laughs> Standards Act claim, that's all going to be on you. And when you have a business that's in that growth mode, it's easy to think, oh, okay, well, I'll deal with this later. You know, I'm not going to worry about this now. Yeah. And that's how you kind of, you fall into the trap and boom, you're probably looking at a $100,000 situation. Oh, man. So Crisis. my next question would be, yeah. Well, my next question is, what if that person that evolve into a full-time hours is offshore. They're not even in the country, like they're somewhere else. Well, that's certainly easier to deal with. And the law is, is going to be more favorable if you're dealing with somebody who's not in this country. Um, mm. And that's simply because, you know, somebody who is living in, you know, the Philippines or in Costa Rica or in some mm. other offshore location is not subject to the same laws that we are subject mm. to here. Now that doesn't mm. necessarily mean that they can't sue you there. If for some mm. reason, um, you know, a court were to find that, that, you know, their courts were to find that they had jurisdiction. I haven't heard of anything like that. There has certainly not been any sort of uh, international uprising with remote workers yet. And I think that's probably by design. You know, there's a huge economy right now in offshore and remote virtual assistance. So um, mm. I think we're safe as long as, as the person is not working here in the States. Again, mm. I say that with the caveat that at any time that law, you know, a court in that yeah. jurisdiction could make a decision that's unfavorable and then, you know, you, you could be in, in hot water in some other location internationally, which Lord knows is also not going to be a, a good situation. So do you kind of recommend that when you're working with people, look for offshore people? I wouldn't say I recommend it because there's a whole nother set of issues that it, they're not as much legal issues that go along with it, but there's certainly time zone mm. issues. There's oh, yeah, yeah, language issues. You know, there's a whole mm -hmm. other host of issues that are not necessarily legal, but I think yeah. that, you know, have their come with their own disadvantages as well. Mm. So do you have lawyers in your office as well? Are there lawyers that work with you or paralegals? Like how, how does it work? 
I have a full-time paralegal. We just hired a full-time mm-hmm. intake person. I just lost mm-hmm. an associate, but I'm hiring another associate. I'm kind of in a constant state of flux. Um, yeah. but, the, but the idea for, for my firm is I'd like to be around five or 10 associates in the next five years. So one a year, it's a lot of training, it's a lot of growing, it's a lot of mentoring. But Come I really- on, Amanda, that's <laughs> it? It is. Think bigger. <laughs> Are you going to go nationwide? No, no, probably not. I mean, I, I really think, you I mean, there could, be an, there could be an advantage to, to growing the firm, you know, into other states. But until the work pulls me there, I wouldn't think about it. Yeah. Mm. My buddy, he's a, he's, a, he's a lawyer in New York, and um, he bought a place in Florida. So he goes there in the summer, and he wants to move there so bad, right? So he actually went and he got his bar in, in Florida as well. So now he's, he still didn't move. He's still in New York, but he has both. And that's common. I'm seeing that a lot these days yeah, where, yeah. you know, attorneys are getting barred in multiple states and then they'll have a second yeah. home and kind of go back and yes. forth. So that's something I definitely would not count out for sure. We, um, Good. my husband and I, we actually, right when I opened the firm, we had sold all of our houses, our belongings and moved on to a sailboat. And so I actually oh, wow. worked from the Gulf coast on a sailboat for two and a half years, which was pretty that's interesting. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. So did you have satellite uh, connection? No, we, because we were on the Gulf, you, you get about six miles out into the Gulf. And so as long as you're coastal sailing, for the most part, we were fine. We wow. would often stay in marinas and, and work, you know, coffee shops and things like that and do the sailing on the weekends. Um, so we were, we were able to do it without a satellite. But if, if we had gone further than the Gulf Coast, the plan was to do satellite for sure. It's yeah. very expensive would you do at, least it ag- at the time. Yeah. Would you do it again? You know, I think I would do it again. I would do it a little differently. Um, we had a monohull sailboat. I think I would want a catamaran, which gives you a little bit more space. Um, we took our dogs and unfortunately the dogs are not great sailors. Um, and so (laughs) I think we would have to wait until a a time in which we did not have at least these dogs who, who definitely rejected the idea of sailing. That's incredible. What is your top destination, your dream destination, if you have, if you were going to move somewhere? That's such a hard question. Um, I would think, are we talking about internet anywhere I wanted to live in the world? Yeah, like just kind of work remotely. I mean, I think if I were going to live anywhere, it would be Italy or or Greece. Nice. Um, those would Amazing. be kind of my ideal uh, remote working locations. It certainly it would be very very difficult. Um, to accomplish, though, with with the practice that I have. Very good. Yes, of course, of course. Maybe I'm just speaking of what something about you? that came to mind in the future. For me, it would be I. I would do Florida or Florida. Uh, you can go anywhere in the world, and you're going to go to Florida. Yeah, yeah. You know Where why? Because because uh, Palm Beach, I would like. Oh, I do like Palm Beach. 
Yeah. Miami just, the is reason is, amazing. yeah, Miami is a little bit too loud, um, too busy and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. I just love, I love it there. Like I, I go there often. I, I absolutely love it. You know, maybe I didn't go around too many places yet to determine, but for now, definitely that would be a place. Um, it's some of the I best beaches in the world. I can say that affirmatively. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So for your, <clears throat> what was I going to ask? I forgot now. Oh, do you have um, any other business aside from, from the, the law firm? I don't presently. I used to have a side hustle where I sold st a study guide for people, for attorneys who were going to sit for the title examination um, uh -huh. course here in Louisiana. So if you want to become a title agent, you know, a title agent issues title policies. And whenever you close a real estate deal, uh, you have to be a title agent in order to issue title policies through an underwi underwriter. And I had sat for the exam and it was right after I had read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. And I had decided to I had to create a study guide in order to sit for the exam for myself. So I thought, hey, so I didn't find not? this yeah. online. I might as well just mm -hmm. throw it up there and see what happens. And it mm. ended up being a pretty lucrative little business until last oh, year, nice. the legislature changed the law. So now you actually have to take a course. You can't just sit for it without a course, which is what you mm. could do before. So what would be your say top two top three recommendations or suggestions for a new entrepreneur starting any type of business legally speaking what would your recommendation be to make sure they're safe before they start their venture i think the biggest issue that they need to consider is taxes and Oftentimes we think, especially when, we, when you read the internet and you've done your internet lawyering for yourself and you've DIY'd everything. <laughs> Google, Google law. You think, well, I, I formed an LLC, right? I have an LLC <sighs> and therefore I am protected personally and all of my personal assets are protected. And every entrepreneur gets to that place for the most part and they form their LLC. What they don't realize is that absolutely does not apply to the IRS or the Department of Revenue in your state. They can go mm. get your personal assets and get go after you no matter what. And so there is no amount of protection against any taxes that are owed. And if you end up, you know, really hitting it big on, you know, with your business in that first year, and you haven't planned for the tax issue, and you haven't been putting taxes aside, you can really get into you know, some, some trouble. And so I would say mm. making sure that you are, first of all, paying all of the taxes that you're supposed to be paying. You know, Just because you sell something online does not mean you do not owe sales tax, right? You owe sales tax for that item that is sold online. The question becomes, who do you owe it to? Do you owe that sales tax to the state where you sold it at? Which is the answer there is no. You owe the sales tax to the state where the person who purchased the item is located or resides. 
And so if you're selling products online all across the United States and you don't have a way to remit taxes to the appropriate taxing di districts, you're, you're really going to create some real headache for yourself and some real legal liability. So I would just say mm -hmm. the absolute thing you know, that you should be making sure of is, first of all, if you're in a services business that you're putting revenue aside to pay, that, to pay your quarterly taxes or to opt for S-corporation ta tax treatment as opposed to, to sole proprietor or partnership tax treatment. What that means is instead of owing quarterly taxes that you estimate and pay quarterly, which is what you would do typically, you're able to be paid as an employee of the entity, the LLC that has elected S-Corp status. And typically, we like to see entrepreneurs do that when they are bringing home 180 k a year. And so I've seen entrepreneurs that just blow that number out of the water in that first year. And then we have not properly really thought through the tax issue at that time. And they've been taking distributions without setting, setting aside you know, the taxes that they're going to need to be paid. And so really making sure that you get all of that set up and think through how to do that on the front end is going to, it's going to save mm -hmm. yourself a huge headache or some really big potential liability. <clears throat> Excellent. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Amanda. Do you have a free consultation available for people? I don't provide free consultations because essentially my time, I see my time as valuable and I give advice to clients straight from the start. Um, but you can book a paid consultation with me for even as low as $179. We, you can work with mm -hmm. me for 30 minutes. We can talk through some of these issues. You know, I'm not going to be the, the big law firm that requires you to give me a $5,000 retainer. You're, you're mm -hmm. going to meet with me. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk through the, the key issues. I'm going to get you the advice <laughs> immediately and you are going to be set up for success. And so you can find that on my website and book it directly through there. I'm at www.lawgroup.biz and there's an online scheduling tab. Amazing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Amanda. 179 bucks, you know, it's like going to dinner. Definitely meet exactly. with her. And it, it could prevent yeah, so like, many issues. Yeah. Yeah. So many issues. Like, when I say this, when I bring these guests and, and, and I, I recommend these things, um, when it's something that, you know, I'm getting something in return, I usually, I will say it, you know, like this is my partner. My partner, go to my partner, you know, I will, I will say it. But when there, you just have to know that I'm not saying this because I'm uh, something I'm gaining from this. I'm saying it that is. It's, it's a very nominal amount. Meet with Amanda. Make sure you're protected. Make sure you're safe because you could focus on that growth. You're going to be doing that every single day. You know, you're going to, you're going to work on your mindset. You're going to work on your personal development. You're going to work on your lead gen. You're going to work on your Instagram. You're going to work on your clubhouse, all that stuff. But get your, 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 your walls, like get your protection. You know, protect your business and yourself and your family and get in touch with her and see what she has to offer, what advice she can give you, because everyone is different. And Amanda, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. It's, it's really a, a pleasure to have you on. You have a great personality, um, great energy, uh, very trusting. 
right? So, and I, I hope that you grow this business um, bigger than you're saying and, um, and remain confident, happy, and, and you, you know, grow your team. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you.